Jack and Trades. Oh yeah, Jack and Trades. Brought to you by Randucci73. Hey everybody, this is Alfie from Jacket Trades. How's everyone doing? So excited. Season one. I want to thank everybody for making uh, our first kickoff season a success. We're here now for season one and we're going into the retro awesome. Basically going to talk about kid shows, cartoons, movies that I grew up with. And I'm sure a lot of you are going to be able to relate. Can't wait. We got a lot of great topics, a lot of great shows, movies, cartoons that some people might not even have heard of, but others know and love. So just let you know, hang in there. We're heading right back and hope you enjoy the episode. Once upon a time, not long ago and not far away, we were at the harbor. Busy place today. Jerome and Rusty were here earlier. I'd like to come here. And this is really the first day of good boat watching. They said it was the official opening of the boat watching season. I'd like to come here and watch the boats. Left, don't know where they went. Down shore ways, I believe. Look up. Way up. And we're on our way to the castle. I'll hurry over first and go in the back door so I can let the drawbridge down and open the big front doors for you. Are you ready? Here's my castle. giant what a throwback i tell you folks that was probably the very very first show i can remember watching on tv and i just caught my attention when you see this big boot standing in front of you on the tv screen and you hear this voice saying look up Way up, way up. And you're like, what the heck? Who's this big guy just standing there? And you see him, and he's just this friendly giant. And unbelievable. Brought you into this world where he basically played with um, 
little figures and set up a little area, you know, in front of a, a little model fireplace and was talking to you, you know, he was like directly talking to you and just saying, Hey, you're welcome. Come and sit down, take a listen, put your feet up. It's almost like kind of like an early podcast. If you want to make uh, any, any sense of it. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, one of those things that really left an impression with me. I, I, I just loved the, just the sound of his voice and, um, he was very calming and very quiet spoken wasn't anything loud or crazy and then brings you into the castle and you know you heard the music the intro the harp sounds and flute and from what i understand he actually played the song um for the intro so that was pretty cool to learn to learn that later on in life uh, that he was actually a, a pretty talented uh musician and um it was just uh, an amazing point just to to feel the, you know, you're walking into this big, up to this big castle. And even though it was a paper cutout or a cardboard cutout of a, of a castle and they had this little drawbridge that uh, opened up and it looked like it was someone that just wrote on there, friendly giant um, <laughs> with a Sharpie or something, um, it didn't really matter, you know you're actually coming to a giant's house. Uh, you know, some people or kids would think that that's kind of scary because, you know, usually a lot of times if you're going to a, ca a castle and there's a giant, more than likely you're going to be at dinner. So besides that, I think it's just uh, one of those memories that I had uh, sitting down, you know, in that lush green 70s carpet uh, with the big, um, wooden Sears retro uh, television and sitting there watching, you know, intently to to kind of see where the giant's going to take us uh, that day. And uh, I remember, you know, just seeing, I think, his two friends that he had. Uh, one was a chicken in a, in a sack, and uh, the other one was uh, a giraffe that would pop in through the, I guess, the cutout window or the the castle window and uh, they had such great uh, stories and uh, music. I think that was the biggest uh, thing that I enjoyed the most uh, with this show was the music and, and just the storylines. Um, and maybe it's something that just got me kind of interested in the, into the medieval stuff, too, because, uh, again, talking about castles and, um, you know, giants and, and kind of folklore, things like that. Um, but it was kind of neat because they also did a lot of um, songs, you know, on the seaside, on the east coast of Canada. They 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 played songs that uh, showed, you know, that time and, and era and, and kind of instruments of uh, those those areas of eastern Canada and also talked about the, the natives uh, you know, back then and, and what they used to, to make music and, and the drums and things like that. So it was very educational in itself. And uh, I think a lot of kids didn't understand that all they cared about was <laughs> seeing this big giant taking them into a castle, having fun with a giraffe and rooster and, um, you know, playing and singing songs and listening to stories and things like that. 
Um, but I think what the cool thing was all about it too, was every episode, there was always kind of a different, um, I guess, setup or, or scenery that he, he gives a little story. And like you heard in the, the intro, he basically was, you know, talking about, uh, in that setup, it was like a seaside, um, Eastern port in, on the East coast of Canada that, uh, he was talking about and, you know. Uh, it just kind of is a nice lead-in into what I think the theme of the the show was. So kudos to them, you know, back then and what they had. And, and the show ran for quite a while. From what I understand, it was uh, started up in the early, I think, late 60s and ran through to the, to the uh, early to mid-80s. I think in 86, Um was roughly around the time that it ended, but it was the same characters, the same, uh, you know, friendly giant from the beginning to the end. And I think it's one of those things that you kind of always want to uh, remember, um, you know, when you grow up and, and you hear something very similar to that, uh, you know, that harp in the beginning of the, of the show and uh, you just sit there and stop in your tracks because you're like, oh, my God, I know exactly where that song came from or what that sound is from or there's something related to that. So for me, it was kind of that almost like an epiphany. It was just one of those things I heard a, a harp on a song somewhere and I can't recall. And I thought, what? That just sounded like the friendly giant. And then, of course, your curiosity kind of gets the best of you and you start wondering, like, oh, whatever happened to that show? Whatever happened to the people? Whatever happened? Whatever happened? And uh, you start digging into it and you start looking and find, uh, you know, YouTube. My goodness, it's got everything. I Things that I never thought would be there are there. And, um, you know, for me, at my age, going back that far, I would have thought, you know, heck, they probably wouldn't even have this like friendly giant you know it was kind of a canadian only show and um for kids and was only on the you know so many years and this and that it's kind of like whoever saw it on tv live was lucky and then that was it because there was never any reruns or anything like that or i can't even recall if there was any you know vhs's or uh you know videos or anything like that made of of um of the friendly giant show so to see this stuff, it's kind of amazing, kind of throws you back. And again, retro awesome, man. I, I To me, this was like the start of watching, I think for me back then, was quality kids show TV. Uh, and learning a lot. Like it was uh, one of those things where it takes you away, you know, like you want to kind of use your imagination and they brought it to you. Um, you know, at the same time, there was other shows, you know, that would pique your interest for different things. But for this one, it was always a point, you know, like you can never go wrong with this show. Uh, and I think after this one, if I'm not mistaken, was Mr. Dress Up. And, you know, everybody loves Mr. Dress Up it's, uh, and uh, Finnegan. And, you know, it, it was just one of those things like you just remember all the good points of that, even at that young age. And you know, for me, I think I I was like four or five years old when I first saw it. And I watched it till probably I was like six. And uh, this kind of changed also, you know, TV shows after that. But yeah, I just uh, saw that and I thought, wow, the friendly giant, 
man, it is actually humbling to hear that song, that intro, and hear his voice again after so many years. You know, God rest him, uh, his soul. It's like I'm sure he's he's um, looking down on all the kids that uh, watch the show, and you know, we're kind of telling them, "Look way up, way up." I don't know. I just that was one thing. One of the things that sticks with me is is every time you see that big boot. I don't know. Like I said in the beginning, it's just one of those things you're like, okay, whoa, here's this giant's boot. What's he going to do? And then he tells you to look way up and then way up. I just think that uh, was his trademark um, because a lot of the people that, uh, you know, you hear talk about the show, that's the the one biggest impression that was left from from the show was him doing that in the intro. And I think, uh, you know, it's kind of neat that they kept it simple. A lot of the uh, the things that you do see in the show, you know, we look at it now and like, wow, that's cheese ball or that's, you know, that's low key or whatever. But you know what? It worked. You know, it's kind of, you know, dollhouse or whatever you want to call it, you know, furniture, little things that were probably even handmade. But uh, they were creative. You know, they they would put up the chairs. He would set them up and he'd talk as if he's talking right to you, you know, to say, you sit over here and you can sit over here and you can sit over here and we'll put it all right by the fire, making sure no one touches anything, you know, and he just kind of made you feel comfortable. And everybody, I think, um, I think that's what was the biggest comfort level is, is knowing that there was someone that was friendly, you know, that was able to make you feel good to watch, you know, um, a show that, you know, had great music and, and, and had, you know, good storytelling moments. And, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that kind of will stick with me forever. And, uh, I rate this man as probably like a super awesome, uh, you know, retro awesome rating. I just, um, wanted to share it with everyone because again, you know, Jack of Trades is, is all about, you know, talking about uh, personal experiences and, and, you know, sharing it with the world. And, you know, I know a lot of you out there, fellow Canadians, you know, growing up, did also uh, watch it. You probably don't remember. And then this might trigger it when you hear that song or whatever that harp was, like it did with me. I'm sure you're going to be like, oh, my God, I, I do remember watching that or my brother watched it or my sister watched it or somebody, you know, somebody in that house, in a Canadian house I knew was watching this at some point if they had kids. Um, it was kind of hard not to, you know, and for us here uh, in Ontario and where I'm from, uh, I think it was uh, Channel 9, you know, uh, showcased it with a lot of all the other shows during the day. Um, you know, for the kids that didn't go to school yet or whatever the case was, you know, most of the shows were done during the, the morning time. And, and that's what I remember. So I, uh, I just wanted to share that with you and that experience and kind of that moment in retro, uh, just to say that that was for me, um, a very impressionable, very first exposure to, you know, quality, and I think kids shows and that's what kind of started it off for me um, and bring back some good memories. Um, so if you're not smiling by this point or you're not smiling after you hear the, you know, the song or whatever the case was, 
then um, I think you'd probably need to look it up and take a look at the Friendly Giant. Um, and those of you that are in the U.S., um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a, for us in Canada, it was a a good show to watch. Um, and you had some similar on your end, like Mr. Rogers and things like that, uh, that we ended up also watching later on. But uh, this was kind of the first get go. So if you ever have a chance, check it out. Um, you know, YouTube's got it out there. So the friendly giant, um, you know, tell me what you think, take a look at it or whatever the case is, and then drop me a, you know, a message or feedback on, on what your memory is. If you did see the friendly giant, if you did watch it, what were your thoughts and um, go from there. And then, you know, we'll share those thoughts on uh, the next upcoming episodes. We'll touch base and then um, we'll see what else we can uh, bring up from the past. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it and uh, take care and we'll talk to you soon. And remember, always be friendly like the giant because he's always going to make your day a little brighter. Talk about another throwback. Electric Company. How many of you out there remember that one? That was uh, another one that uh, caught my attention as I was a little little uh, bambino sitting on top of the uh, green carpet in, the, in our house in the front room watching it on a, a Sears uh, TV. Um, just trying to understand what... I was going to get into with this show and uh, electric company is one of those shows that um, I think was with the uh, public broadcasting system um, that uh, basically was, um, you know, a channel PBS channel. A lot of you probably recognize that one, but um, it was, I think out there for the, you know, children's workshop uh, part of Sesame streets group. Um, they basically went out and made it a point to kind of produce programming for kids, uh, to help them, you know, get better with education kids that even back in my day, you know, that weren't able to get to school or go to school or didn't have the greatest schools and, um, you know, had some of this stuff to fall back on. 
So a lot of it was uh, pretty interesting. And I think a lot of the, you know, idea behind Electric Company was more or less teaching kids about vocabulary, um, reading, and uh, phonics. How many people remember the word phonics? I, I don't think anybody, I think in uh, outside of our generation, um, remembers phonics. And to me, I wish they would bring it back, honestly. Um, it, I think it was probably the best way to learn how to, uh, to pronounce and enunciate words. Um, you know, is just one of those things that this show actually took uh, and took it to the next level. And it's so funny to, to see now going back, looking back on some of these uh, videos and things like that. And again, YouTube, it's, uh, it's out there. <laughs> it's got everything again. Um, but looking at the, the, even the introduction of the, of the show, how, you know, it was just a group of di different groups, um, you know, coming together to try to help kids learn. And, uh, you know, that's awesome. And again, this is why it's on my retro awesome list because it's one of the shows that, you know, I got a kick out of, um, like the likes of like Bill Cosby and, and, um, Morgan Freeman were, were, it's like their first starts were in this show. And it's just amazing. Like, just the quality of people that how they had, you know, those intentions to help kids and uh, help them learn to read and kind of get their, you know, foot on the, on the floor of education started. Um, it's pretty impressionable. Um, and then you s kind of see how their careers have gone, um, you know, good and bad. Obviously we know, um, you know, life wasn't easy for a lot of people, but in the end, I think it's uh, what they contributed to society. Um, and this one here, Electric Company, I think impressed a lot of people. Um, I think this was this was an, uh, an American uh, show, uh, from what I understand. And it played uh, alongside Mr. Rogers, um, you know, whenever they were airing it. And it uh, basically went, I think, from like, late 60s again to um you know the mid 80s and i think they even tried to do a reboot of the electric company that didn't do as well um but you know they tried it but at least you know it was a thought but uh some of the things that i remember i think my most favorite um things about the electric company and maybe a lot of you might remember this too and uh, i just at first, it's kind of strange because when you're looking at the screen and you're seeing, you know, profile cutouts or in shadows or whatever the case was behind the screen, and this light lights up and you see on the left one person and on the right, you see another person. And it's all there is is just a silhouette. And then they get this like, you know, groove, obviously, in the 70s or 80s, early 80s, it was this groovy, you know, backbeat. And what they're doing is throwing back sounds of words. And it was kind of catchy. And I think that's what really got it. So they started the phonics where you'd have one side go, buh, and the other one go, uk, book, t, uk, took. And they would just go back and forth and they would like be presenting all these different words and how you would sound them out or pronounce them. 
And it was just one of the things that you, again, you just kind of latched onto and it was, it was fun and doing it to a groovy beat kind of helped out. And, um, it was just one of those things like you sit there and think, wow, I actually learned how to say words or pronounce words off of this. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just amazing how the brain works, you know, and, um, again, music is power and, um, you know, just being able to to have it fun, I think, is what sticks in kids' minds. And I think we need to remember that, you know, even nowadays when everything is so easy and uh, accessible, you know, through media and Internet and all this other stuff. I still think, that, you know, the foundation of how the kids learn, you know, it's it's still most powerful if if it's through either some type of rhythm or song or or something that they can remember. Um, but yeah, and they used to do so many skits. Uh, it was kind of interesting to see. It was almost like watching, as we got older, kind of like watching like SNL, Saturday, like Saturday Night Live, or, um, you know, jeez, uh, so many other shows I can't even remember off the top of my head. Um, but it was just kind of like a starter, you know, of how, um, they would do these little skits and, and, and some of the skits had, um, obviously an education point to it. And a lot of it was, you know, narrated and they would act it out and then they would have the words and, and, you know, the sentences on, on the, on the screen. And you would basically get a visual impact also of what they were saying, which was at the time, I think brilliant. And then, um, you know, you kind of go through sequence, you know, scenes of music and then funny scenes and really, you know, quick clips and things like that, uh, you know, of, of reiterating what you've learned. And all of a sudden you kind of see, you know, something familiar. And, and for me, you know, being a kid, of course, you know, boy, you love your, your superheroes and stuff like that. Right. Well, when all of a sudden you see Spider-Man, you know, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, show up on the electric company it was just like mind-blowing you're like whoa what the heck it's spider-man you know and and i think it was the first time spider-man was actually on television uh for a kid show um like that and he was on like on a regular basis uh after i think the first time they tried it um because he was just so captivating and a lot of the kids you know just flock to it and, and um from what he you know was part of in the scenes you know he was helping educate how to read and how to pronounce and how to do those things and it was kind of cool because they made it out to be it was like a you know guy in a costume obviously but it was kind of mapped over with um you know the screen like it was in a comic book so it was kind of like two worlds into one and they brought it out on television. And it was, uh, to me, it was one of those things. I was like, wow, these guys really thought it through. And, you know, what can they do to capture people's attention? And, um, you know, the likes of, you know, like Bill Cosby doing all his characters that he did. And, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman, um, you know, Mr. Reader Man, and, and, and just kind of being the guy that would, you know, teach the kids how to read and, and do that uh, phonetic, um, you know, back and forth 
um, really, you know, sticks in your head. And, you know, every time I see a, a movie with Morgan Freeman in it, it's like all I can think about is, you know, obviously, yeah, he's a great actor. He's brilliant. But it's just the fact of, you know, I saw you, you know, on the electric company. So I know where you kind of come from. And I've seen you from them from that point going forward. But a lot of the things that you kind of remember are pretty impressionable. And, uh, uh, you know, for me, it was it was nice to see, um, you know, that they cared about what they did and it, you could tell they were passionate. Um, and it was kind of funny because I read somewhere that, uh, you know, they were saying, you know, were you guys in competition with Sesame Street? Uh, you know, and I think Morgan Freeman was like, no, not at all. He says we were in the same building, obviously, because it was uh, the television children's television network studios and we didn't have a beef with them at all. He says we were complete two separate entities and we did separate things. And, uh, you know, he was right. Like they did do separate things. Electric Company really didn't do any puppet Muppets or anything like that. Um, I think that was Sesame Street's big thing. Um, but yeah, you, you sit there and you listen to, you know, even the music that they came up with very, um, you know, time, I guess, time-esque of uh, the time period. And it was, it was cool. I, you know, you listen to it now and you kind of, you know, you're going to sit there and snap your fingers or tap your toe. You're going to see some of the, uh, you know, the episodes, if you do check it out on YouTube, which I do recommend, you know, um, and again, this was another one of those shows that I don't recall, you know, them even trying to put it in syndicate or doing reruns or, you know, making videos of them, you know, for, for longest time. And I think until people started requesting it or kind of thinking about it saying, yeah, you know, what happened to the electric company? Um, and then they came up with a reboot, like I said, but I don't think it did, uh, did as well. Um, I think I looked at on, on one episode on, on YouTube and, you know, they tried, and I think the only thing that I really recognized in the whole scheme of things was that fanatic um, little banter of, uh, you know, the silhouettes with the the words bouncing back and forth. And and again, you know, it's I think one of the things that stood out from the original series, that was a great idea, um, you know, but again, the fanatics nowadays doesn't really hold water because they're they learn a different way, like visually, I think mostly or by memory is what they call it, which, you know, again, I, I, that's just my personal reference. You know, I grew up with the fanatics and the memorization, you know, came later, you know, it was just how you learned the words is how you saw it and sounded them out. Um, but, you know, teach their own. But for me, again, you know, retro awesome, this electric company show, um, was I think one of the great uh, things to watch kind of in segment with, um, you know, Mr. Rogers or whatever the other shows, you know, at the time, Polka Dot Doors and stuff like that, um, you know, which we'll be talking about uh, in our, in our upcoming shows. Um, there's still other shows that we want to talk about uh, in line that um, I remember. And, you know, I want to share those with you. So again, you know, YouTube some of these up, uh, the electric company, um, it, it'll, it'll blow your mind just to, you know, kind of see you'll laugh at first because, you know, obviously it's 
not as uh, high tech or, or anything like it is today. But you know what? Hey, that's what we had back then. You know, we had, we were simpletons and, you know, we still did what we did and learned what we did with what we watched. And and they did a phenomenal job in my books of, um, you know, what they had. So for me, you know, I think uh, this is one of those good things to even maybe show some of, your, you know, our own kids. You know, I've I've showed this to my son, too, and before uh, when he was uh, younger and he actually liked it, too. And um, I'm even thinking that it might have helped him even understand a little bit of how to read um, because it was just so powerful with the music and and uh, the fanatic part, uh, you know, I thought was funny and, and cool. I just kind of laughed and I was just goofing around with the thing, you know, saying duh or door book, 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 you know, and you just kind of get that groove going and it's it's kind of fun. But again, you can do your own groove and you can do whatever it is. But you know what? Hit me up on uh, on Facebook or Instagram. Let me know what you think of uh, the electric company. If you ever watched it. Tell me what your favorite episode was. I want to know. And, uh, you know, if you didn't and you took a look at it on YouTube, what do you think? You know, is it something that uh, they should bring back, kind of revamp it a bit or do something kind of to modernize it to help some of our kids out? Or what do you think? Anyway, again, thanks again for uh, taking a gander and listen to, uh, you know, the show. Um, there's more to come. A lot of retro awesome stuff's coming our way, so I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy. And um, hit me up, check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and leave me your comments. We'll talk about some of the feedback from, uh, you know, what your thoughts are in the upcoming shows. Talk to you soon. Hey there, this is Alfie from Jack of Trades. Hope you're enjoying this uh, current episode that you're listening to. Just wanted to let you know that uh, we've got some great new episodes coming down the pipeline and uh, looking forward to sharing that with you. Take a look, take a listen, and we'll catch you on the next round. So hopefully you enjoy it. Talk to you soon. Sesame Street, how to get
Hey, everybody. This is uh, another segment I uh, wanted to add to uh, this series. Um, I just uh, see this in Sesame Street. I bet every single one of you out there that's listening or just even catching a, a glimpse of this this uh, this episode has been touched by Sesame Street. That show, uh, again, was, I think, ahead of its time with uh, Jim Henson's mind of, you know, Muppets and characters and, and just how he made them come to life. Um, not to be so scary for the kids, uh, to engage with the kids. Um, again, this was a show that was on PBS, a public uh, station, and it was part of the television, Children's Television Network, uh, the same, you know, studios that uh, did Electric Company and um, all those other uh, great episodes that they did there. And I... Again, you know, this show was everywhere. Um, you know, on the Canadian channels, the American channels, uh, it just, wherever you turned, Sesame Street was there. And I know it's been well over 40 something years that they've been on. Um, and they, and I, and again, I think they still, uh, are producing some shows. Um, but just to think about like the cast that was on there. From the beginning to the end, uh, like they stayed with that show. They were committed, you know, to doing what was for the children. Um, amazing. And I don't know, you, you could talk forever about Sesame Street and and just kind of go on and on about all the themes and the topics that they talked about and uh, how they made a broad awareness um, to a lot of situations um, you know, going through the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s and 2000s. And um, it just exploded on how many things they've touched upon. Uh, you know, these guys went, you know, above and beyond, uh, just like, you know, those in the electric company. But with these guys, the characters that they brought, you know, became, you know, kind of... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I guess a historical piece of uh, memorabilia for, for every every person, I think, alive, you know, that's watched this show from the 60s on. Um, it's just one of those amazing shows that, you know, from musics to characters, um, you know, I can imagine or not imagine, but really remember, um, you know, the first times that I've seen Sesame Street in it, and it was around the same time that I was watching Electric Company too. And I thought, okay, well, what's going on here? Because, you know, Electric Company was awesome and, you know, having fun with that, you know, and the next episode or show that came on after that was Sesame Street. And it was like, okay, well, let's see what's going on here. And then you get this awesome intro you kind of get you going, you get your, you know, your groove on and you're dancing and, you know, you're this five-year-old dancing in front of the TV and, 
waiting for what's going to happen and, you know, see some of the characters and, you know, you see real people working with Muppets and you're like, what the heck, you know, what's all this about? And a lot of the times, some of them, you know, majority of the kids, I remember my, my school, when I first started kindergarten and, um, you know, we're kind of scared of puppets too. And, you know, a lot of us are, and it's just for whatever good reason, but, um, you know, these, these characters were friendly, funny, uh, welcoming, you know, even Oscar the Grouch. I mean, who did not like or love Oscar? Like the guy was you know, always so sarcastic and grumpy and this and that, but he also had an underlying heart of gold, right? Um, he had Ernie and Bert, like the two best friends and, you know, how, you know, they've, they've done so many things in, in their shows and in episodes that, uh, in skits, you know, that really called out a lot of things about, you know, um, feelings and, and, uh, you know, cooperation and, 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 you know, learning about words and things like that. And, you know, you've got Grover and, you know, I can go on and on and Elmo and, you know, cookie monster and and there there's just so many characters that everybody remembers and you know for me um you can't you know not say anything about the big yellow bird like big bird um he just brought a whole new level of you know size of of puppets and muppets and whatever the case was and he was uh, you know just huge um you know a big kid and uh, was it uh small, small mind and a big body, um, you know, cause he was only a six year old for the longest time forever. Um, but it was just amazing to see kind of like, uh, you know, the, the actors that went and created and brought him to life, um, you know, to be that one person for all those years. And I think he just retired, uh, or had passed away, um, he retired in 2018, I think it was, and then passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but it was just amazing run. Like it's just to be able to mechanically keep that large yellow bird in motion and, and on cue and, um, you know, and, and not scare kids. And, and, you know, you had all different types of kids on the show, you know, from handicap to, you know, different languages and all of them were out there, you know, doing the same thing. And that was learning and interacting and engaging and, you know, showing that it was okay to be different if you needed, you know, to understand what that was. Um, I think they brought a lot of fun things to the table with, uh, you know, mathematics, counting, uh, French in, in, in the Canadian episodes, uh, or Canadian shows, they had French sequences. Um, you know, they, they talked about money and they talked about, you know, feelings and they talked about sounds and, um, you know, the, the Muppets themselves were so engaging and, and, you know, never judgmental about anything, always willing to help and always willing to, you know, kind of get, the kid to the, to understand, you know, what the, what the point was to get across. And, you know, even when you look at it, um, how they, how they created even just imaginary, it's okay to have imaginary friends, you know, and, you know, everybody knew 
you know, Big Bird's uh, best friend. And if you can name him, all the power to you because how can you forget Snuffleupagus? So, again, that was a big mouthful for a kid that's five, six years old to say. But you do remember him seeing this big thing look like an elephant of some sort or whatever it was. But all hair dangling, you know, you know, flying around, whatever the case was. But Mr. Snuffleupagus, you know, was Bird's best friend. And, uh, you know, they talked about a lot of stuff, did a lot of things. And it was okay, you know. And then finally, you know, I think just to prove the point that, you know, Big Bird wasn't really crazy. And he did have a, a friend uh, that, you know, wanted to meet everyone. You know, that episode there was like kind of like the biggest thing of the year. You know, everybody gets to meet Snufflopagus. And, uh, you know, and they and they did it with taste. And it was nice to to welcome someone different, you know, to the, to the neighborhood and, and kind of incorporate them. Um, you know, and then you had Barkley, the dog, and he was just like all over the place. And, um, you know, again, just the, the mechanics of, of those Muppets, like they're so huge and large working on a set. That's probably the, you know, the size of a half a block or something, um, you know, was amazing for what they did. Um, the people too, that, that engaged, you know, Mr. Hooper and, you know, Louise and Maria and um uh geez there's so many uh you know characters Bob you know again those were the original cast and you know Mr. Fixit Shop and and all those things like they talked about in and um I think one important factor that I I think a lot of people will remember and I think still sticks to me today is the episode where um, you know, I think Big Bird learns about death and Mr. Hooper, you know, he was the, 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 the corner store guy, um, grocery store man that passed away during the show. Um, and it was a big deal. And I think that episode was so impactful that it taught kids how to deal with a loved one passing. Um, I sure remember because, you know, it, it kind of, in a way prepared me that it was okay, you know, for when later on, you know, things like that happened in, in, in my life. Um, it's just one of those things, the idea to be able to put that in a show, um, was, was amazing. So, you know, kudos to them. You know, they they really thought about every angle, every every aspect. And, you know, for me, I think um, the memorable parts were uh, even the cartoons that they even came up with, you know, the Speed Racer and, and uh, you know, the the hare, the rabbit, the tor- tortoise and the hare, like, uh, you know, talking about a story for that on the cartoon. Um, and then they would have, you know, the what do you call it? The Muppets uh, doing their, their songs. And, and then of course, classic cookie monster, you know, is always eating cookies and, you know, doing what he wants to do, you know, with a mouthful. And, and then, you know, how Bert and Ernie would always kind of come together and, and kind of do phonetics of, of words, you know, and they would bring up the words and kind of um, bring them closer and closer to kind of sound out a word. And then you finally, you know, get it. 
uh, or Grover, I think he, he had a classic one that I remember. I used to laugh all the time that he would do. And he was the, the near, far, near, far. And then you hear the footsteps like, near, far. And he would do that for like 10 times just to kind of get the point across of what's close, what's far. And uh, you're just laughing your head off because it's so funny because he's just getting exhausted running back and forth, you know. Um, Or, you know, you got Kermit the Frog, uh, you know. He's introduced in Sesame Street and, uh, you know, he's doing his news reporting. You know, hi, ho, this Kermit the Frog. I'm here to you today. We're here on Sesame Street and we're out to uh, do a newscast and see why the weather is turning gray and why it is raining and what we need this object that opens up and goes overhead so we don't get wet, which is called an umbrella. You know, again, that's just my interpretation of Kermit the Frog. <laughs> uh, but um, it's just one of those things like you, you just remember these things, uh, comments and little things that they, they always used to come up with. Um, and what blew me away, too, I think, was how they even went to the extent of creating movies of Sesame Street. I think it was like the search for Oscar and, you know, is there a snuffleupagus, you know, uh like they there's so many i think movies that they did um that brought the muppets out to the big screen and and i think that kind of just tapered off into the muppets themselves um you know kermit doing his thing with his crew over there on that side but you know again it was one of those one of those things you're like wow like they really went the full throttle uh to get kids kind of still hooked and stay hooked um with this um, you know, I'm sure a lot of you have a lot of memories or favorite clips from, from Sesame Street. Um, another one of mine that I, that I love the most is even the count, um, when he would, um, you know, count the bats or he would have that song, batty, batty, bat, batty, 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 you know, and he would just sing, uh, and count the, you know, the bats and, you know, the thunderstruck and lightning's like, uh, 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 one chocolate marshmallow two chocolate marshmallows three chocolate marshmallows four chocolate marshmallows ha ha and you get all the lightning and everything else and you're just cracking up because you know you're laughing because he's laughing and again the you know the character voices were were pretty unique and you kind of remember them all um i think one song that really um, sticks with me too. And, and I mean, there's a bunch of them that I can't really think off the top of my head, but one that really sticks out is, um, and I think it's, you know, kind of a, a thing that's exploded on YouTube at some point in time um, or even on social media. Uh, and it's basically, you know, homino, do, 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 manomino, do, 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 do. You know it, and I'm sure I got this song now stuck in your head. So, too bad. Enjoy it. <laughs> anyway, that I think is probably like one of the best songs. You know, no, 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 Check it out on YouTube. It's there, you know, so you can watch the original video and you can see the dude with his rock rock out glasses and hair. And um, 
I think the two aliens or whatever they were behind them, you know, popping up everywhere around the screen. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a classic. Again, there's so many classic parts uh, of Sesame Street that I remember. Um, and I think even one of my other favorite ones, too, that I can recall is, um, speaking of call, is the, uh, the aliens when they're mimicking the sounds <laughs> of the, the telephone. Um, you know, you're, you're watching them and, and they're teaching you, you know, in the long run, when you're older and you're starting to think like, what the heck were they doing? You know, mimicking sounds of, of a telephone, you know, like, what does that mean? You know, what, what, what are they doing? And all of a sudden you, you, you're sitting there listening and watching and they're like, ring, ring, you have no clue what they're saying. But all you know is that they're mimicking a the phone when it rang. Ring, 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 And you're like, wow, <laughs> it's all you can remember. But you know what? It's stuck in your brain. It burned in your brain to know that that sound was a phone. So I'm done my impressions. I'm not going to, you know, I can probably sit here all day doing, you know, Sesame Street impression characters or any other characters, but that's for another episode. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sesame Street, you know, I think uh, basically did uh, an amazing uh, showcase or layout of, you know, educating the kids, learning and reaching out to them, um, you know, to, to learn about what's out there, to learn about kind of life still be a kid, use your imagination, enjoy life as a kid. Um, don't worry about what's going on around you. You know, we'll kind of talk to you about what's going on in the world and make you understand. So it's not so scary. I think that was like their biggest um, power. And everybody, you know what, old, young, listen to them. Um, they were there and they were out there. They were lovable and they, you know, they still are. And they'll be, I think, eternally as part of history too, just like all, all these other shows and stuff. But, you know, these guys, the Burt and Ernie's, the Elmo's, you know, um, I think they keep their life going through us and every generation, you know, we pass down. Um, and, and I think that that goes to show that, it's a good quality idea that came to fruition and, you know, uh, impacted the world. And again, Sesame Street went worldwide. They're global. They have many, many, many languages. So again, you want to, you know, see what you're going to do in whatever language, however the kids learned it, it was there. Sesame Street did it. So again, take a look, YouTube, what you think about some of the uh, episodes. I want to know what your favorite episode was, if you remember, or whatever couple episodes that you that you can remember. What stands out the most from Sesame Street? You know, I shared some of mine, um, you know, again, all watching in front of this big Sears TV box uh, on this green carpet that uh, we had in our house. And you know what? Enjoyed every minute of it. And, uh, you know, my kids um, enjoyed it, too, because I let them watch it and kind of experience, 
you know, also what I grew up with. Um, and I think there is something out there that's like a 40th anniversary, you know, DVD collection or something uh, that I did get. And it went, man, right from the very first episode uh, all the way through to, you know, 40 years um, after. Great thing to look for. If you want it on the YouTube, it's probably on there, too, because I see a lot of uh, clips on there. But again, Sesame Street did it right. And I hope they continue to, you know, get the message across and and, and kind of keep the fundamentals that they have been carrying all these years. Um, but again, you know, this is another retro awesome on my list and uh, a great kid show. and. I wish you all the best and enjoyment of watching this. And remember, I want your feedback. I want to hear exactly what you think, um, you know, that you like about it. And then you tell me on uh, my Instagram or Facebook page. Or you can even leave a message on um, on my anchor page where my actual podcast is hosted. And check it out. So, again... I want to hear from you, all right? So you guys take care and be safe. Thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it. Just so you know, we've got tons more coming down the pipeline. Every week, this is going to be a fantastic episode. Something that will probably resonate with everyone and each one of you out there somewhere. Anyway, just want to leave one thing and one thought with you. Do what makes you happy and follow your passion. And remember, you're a special part of this assembly that we call civilization. Leave your mark. Take care.